Welcome back, everybody. Today, we're talking about Texas Roadhouse, the place for casual dining, quality food for reasonable prices, and a fun atmosphere. And to me, the absolute best and most addicting rolls that come with the butter, you know, I love those things. We have a Texas Roadhouse close by, actually, and we go there as a family pretty often because everybody in the family likes it. And Texas Roadhouse's stock has been a great growth story as well, both in terms of revenues and dividends, which has helped it handily outperform the S&P 500 over the past 10 years. So is Texas Roadhouse's growth story still worth buying? Let's find out. But before we dig into the business, let's look at some basics for Texas Roadhouse's stock. So if we jump into Seeking Alpha, we see the Texas Roadhouse is currently trading at $103.77. And if we look over the past 12 months, it's up 8.05%. And if we look year to date, it's actually up 11.34%. Texas Roadhouse pays out a dividend of $2.20 a share, which equates to a dividend yield of 2.11%. Now, if we take a look at their dividend summary, we see their dividend yield at 2.11%, and we see their payout ratio at 48.62%, and a five-year dividend growth rate of 17.06%. Now, in terms of dividend growth, it says zero consecutive years, but if we go to their dividend history, we can see that they paused their dividend in 2020 during the global pandemic, and then they raised it in 20. 2021, but they only had three dividend payments, so it didn't count as a raise. But they raised it again in 2022, and so far in 2023, they've raised it again, but they just haven't hit that Q4 payment yet. So overall, I would say they have at least one to two years of consecutive dividend growth with an explainable pause during 2020. Now, if we look at their actual dividend growth in detail, we see that their dividend growth rate has been very strong on the three-year, the five-year, and the 10-year. Now, the three years, obviously 47.31%, which is abnormally high due to the pause in 2020, but then the five years at 17.06 and the 10-year at 16.71%, which are all very good dividend growth rates above 15%. Now, if we look at the momentum tab, we see that Texas Roadhouse has outperformed the S&P 500 in total return on the five-year, just barely, and then on the 10-year, pretty handily. And then if we look at the 15-year, we see that it also outperformed there as well. All right, so now that we have an idea what their stock is doing and how it's performed, let's talk a little bit about their business. Texas Roadhouse, Inc. operates casual dining restaurants in the U.S. and internationally under the Texas Roadhouse, Bubba's 33, and Jagger's names. As of Q3 2023, they have grown to over 720 restaurants in 49 states and 10 foreign countries. Their operating strategy focuses on the following five tenets. Offering high-quality, freshly prepared food. Creating a fun and comfortable atmosphere with a focus on high-quality service. Offering performance-based manager compensation offering attractive price points, and focusing on dinner. So how does Texas Roadhouse actually make money? So their revenues are broken down into the following two categories, restaurant and other sales, which are basically revenues from company-operated restaurants. This accounted for $3.98 billion in 2022, which is about 99% of their revenues. Franchise royalties and fees, which are revenues from franchisee-operated restaurants. This accounted for $26.1 million in 2022, about 1% of their revenues. And if we take a look at their revenue growth, Texas Roadhouse has revenue growth of 14.76% over the past trailing 12 months compared to the previous 12 months, and a five-year average revenue growth rate of 13.46%. And if we take a look at their financials, we can see that consistency in more detail. Because Texas Roadhouse's revenue growth has been extremely steady over the past 10 years, with growth in 9 of the 10 years, with the one exception being the 2020 pandemic year. In addition to store growth, comparable sales for Texas Roadhouse have been good as well, even in 2023. 
In Q1 2023, comp sales were 12.9%, made up of 7.6% traffic growth and 5.3% increase in average check. In Q2, comp sales were 9.1%, made up of 4.7% traffic growth and 4.4% increase in average check. And then in Q3, comp sales were 8.2% with 4.1% traffic growth and 4.1% increase in average check. So while comp sales have been declining each quarter, they're still relatively strong, and the fact that they've maintained traffic growth in 2023 is a positive sign. Texas Roadhouse's management team has talked about continuing to drive growth through new restaurants at a pace of about 30 new restaurants a year, with a target to double revenue over the next 10 years. And that target includes assumptions around the new restaurants, as well as modest traffic and average check growth. Okay, so now that we have an idea of who they are and what they do, let's talk about some risks. Risk number one, commodity and input costs could significantly impact their core value proposition and business outlook. A major part of Texas Roadhouse's value proposition is high-quality food at attractive price points with a fun environment or experience. Now, there are multiple economic headwinds that can put pressure on their ability to deliver on that value proposition. Input and commodity costs have been rising, especially with beef, which is a core component to their menu. They've offset some of that increased cost with higher prices, and it hasn't impacted store growth up to this point, which is shown in the comparable sales numbers in 2023. Now, obviously, competitors are going to have to deal with similar rising input costs as Texas Roadhouse, so it's not just them dealing with it. But we also don't know how long something like beef is going to remain elevated from a price standpoint. Additionally, labor costs continue to go up. Texas Roadhouse has seen labor dollars per store week go up 9.3% in 2022, and then 13.1% in Q1, 11.3% in Q2, and then another 8.5% in Q3. And of course, other sit-down restaurants are going to have that same problem. But if you get into a situation where customers start trading down into cheaper alternatives, now you get into competition with things like fast food, which won't be impacted by that as much. As costs increase, Texas Roadhouse may hit a limit to how much they can increase their prices before it impacts their core value plus experience offering, which could mean either lower overall customer traffic or compressed margins. Risk number two, a prolonged economic slowdown could significantly impact their business outlook. If there's a prolonged economic slowdown that materially impacts consumer discretionary spending, Texas Roadhouse could see a meaningful impact to their business. And while their price-to-value ratio was very competitive to other sit-down restaurants, it could be considered too high for families impacted in an economic slowdown. If consumer spending goes lower, cheaper options like Chipotle and McDonald's are not as likely to be impacted since they'll be closer to the affordable luxury designation than any sit-down restaurant would be. Even if consumers don't totally give up their family dinners, they may just reduce the frequency of going to save money. So instead of going to Texas Roadhouse twice a month, maybe they go once a month or once every two months while money is tight. And with increasing costs and the potential impact on margins that we talked about in the first risk, Texas Roadhouse may have a tough time trying to compete on price in that scenario. Risk number three, variability in their growth plan could significantly impact their business outlook. Currently, Texas Roadhouse is planning to double their revenue in about 10 years, primarily through growing their total number of restaurants. The plan is to grow at about 30 per year, which would mean a 40 to 50 percent increase in total stores over the 10-year period. Construction costs have been rising, and it's unknown how or if that'll continue. Economic impacts could stall overall demand and viability for new restaurants if cash from operations decline. Now, obviously, this is a risk that exists for just about every single company. But the reason why I think it's worth calling out for Texas Roadhouse is because so much of their story is about the great growth that they've had. And I think their stock actually trades for a premium because of it. 
So now that we have a good idea about the pros and cons of their core business, let's take a look at how they've been performing operationally. Now, in terms of cash flow, Texas Roadhouse's cash flow growth has been good, with cash from operations growing 45% from $352 million in 2018 to $511 million in 2022. Their actual free cash flow has stayed between the range of $160 million to $260 million through the years, again, with the exception of 2020, because they've self-funded their own expansion, which shows up in the increased capital expenditures. In addition to that, Texas Roadhouse uses their free cash flow to fund their shareholder dividends and do share buybacks, which is really ideally what you want to see as a shareholder, a company that's able to do those three things without taking on additional debt because they're generating enough cash flow to do so. And speaking of debt, if we take a look at Texas Roadhouse's debt situation, they have a total debt position of $757 million, with just about all of it being capital leases and no long-term debt. They have about $69 million in cash and short-term investments, which gives them a net debt position of $688 million. Texas Roadhouse's interest expense is basically nothing, and payments on the capital leases come out of normal expenses against income. So obviously, I would consider the debt situation extremely healthy, and the fact that they're continuing to be able to expand, pay dividends, and do buybacks without adding on additional debt is great. And especially when you consider that if we're in a higher for longer rate environment, companies without a lot of debt are going to have an advantage. Okay, so let's talk about Texas Roadhouse's profitability. In terms of margins, Texas Roadhouse is feeling a pinch of some of their risks that we outlined earlier. In general, their gross profit margin is lagging their sector median as food and labor costs have risen. In terms of their net income margin and free cash flow margins, they're a little mixed in terms of how they compare to their sector and their own five-year averages. They've been able to perform at a really high level because their growth story is so strong and they've been raising prices. So it's going to be interesting to see how or if their margins are impacted if the rising costs continue. Now let's see how Texas Roadhouse has performed in 2023 against their full-year forecast. So in terms of what their 2023 forecast was, it was positive comparable sales growth, Commodity cost inflation of 5% to 6%, wage and other labor inflation of 5% to 6%, total capital expenditures of approximately $265 million, store week growth of at least 6%, 25 to 35 Texas Roadhouse and Bubba's 33 company restaurant openings, and an effective income tax rate of approximately 14%. So if we take a look at how they performed in Q1, comp sales of 12.9% was really good, but the inflation numbers for commodity costs and wage and other labor inflation were higher than they expected. But still, in Q1, they decided to maintain their original guidance, and we move on to Q2. And in Q2, again, comp sales were strong in 9.1%, but they again had higher than expected inflation costs, with commodity costs at 6% and wage and other labor inflation at 7%. In the Q2, they decided to update a few of their forecasts for the rest of the year. Store week growth was going to be at least 6%. They changed it to be approximately 6%. And their restaurant openings was narrowed from 25 to 30 to be 28. Wage inflation was increased slightly from 5 to 6 to 6 to 7. And then the income tax rate range was actually lowered from 14% to 13 to 14 and in terms of capital expenditures, they raised the forecast from $265 million to $300 million. So if we go to Q3, comp sales at 8.2% is still strong. Their rising costs are still rising, but not as much as they were early in the year, with commodity cost inflation being 4.2% and wage and other labor inflation being 5.6%. And in terms of forecast updates in Q3, they reduced the restaurant openings to 27 again reduced the expected income tax rate to 13%, and again increased the capex from $300 million to now $340 million for the end of the year. 
So in terms of 2023 performance, overall, I'd say it's been a pretty positive year for Texas Roadhouse, primarily because their sales have remained really strong. Commodity costs started the year high, but have come down more to their forecasted range, and wage inflation has kind of done the same thing, with the main questions there being, how will those continue going forward? They updated their forecast multiple times throughout the year based on how the year was going. And looking at what was updated helps tell part of the story. And to me, that just says that they update their forecast anytime they get new information during the quarter. And that's a positive thing. But then the rest of the items that they updated this year were store week growth, restaurant openings, and CapEx. And all those are actually related to the same thing. Store week growth is dependent on new store openings and acquisitions, and the CapEx amounts are highly impacted by the cost of opening new stores. So it seems like part of the risk that we talked about in terms of execution in their growth strategy is playing out there. Now, I'm not saying this is a huge problem. I'm just saying that a 10-year growth plan of opening new stores is complicated. Projects get delayed, costs rise, and it impacts the numbers. Now, ultimately, they do have a plan to open up another 12 more restaurants in Q4, so we'll see how it goes. And again, good on them for providing the updated information as they have it, but it does speak to the risks that we talked about before. Just real quick, if you guys enjoy these type of breakdowns, my stock analysis library continues to build. I post analysis documents on even more companies there, as well as additional content and member-only videos. For more info, check out the link in the description. Okay, so we have a decent idea of what's happening in their business. Let's take a look at their valuation. All right, so if we take a look at the data that's been pulled into the spreadsheet, we'll see that their cash flow yield is at 3.76%. We see the dividend growth numbers that we talked about before, and they have at least one year of dividend increase. After Q4, it'll probably be two years. In terms of dilution trend, it is down. In terms of moat, it's narrow. And have they ever outperformed the S&P 500? We already saw that the answer is yes. And now if we take a look at their discounted cash flows model, once we add our cash from operations, our CapEx, and our stock-based comp, we get a fair value price per share of $66.49. Now, that is quite a bit below the $103.24 that it's currently trading at. So let's take a look at our assumptions so we know what's going on. In terms of starting cash flow, I use the trailing 12 months, which I think makes sense, even though there's a little bit of variability, they've been pretty consistent over the past few years in terms of generating cash. Now, in terms of starting growth rate, I'm using 7.5%, even though the adjusted free cash flow growth rate here is 20%, that's a little bit high. And if I go to Seeking Alpha and I take a look at their projected operating cash flow growth, it's about 7.88%. So I decided to use 7.5%. Now, you could argue that their growth rate has been better than that historically, and that maybe we should use something that's higher. If you look at their five-year average for operating cash flow growth, it's above 10. If you look at their year-over-year year five-year average it's above 15 and then our calculated rate is above 20 but i'm going conservative and using the projected growth rate and it's seven and a half so obviously you could use a more aggressive number in there depending on your outlook now if we take a look at the multiples model we see the peers that we used are wingstop darden restaurants bloomin brands and cheesecake factory and if we take a look at the relative price to cash flow, we see that we get a fair value price per share of $109.80. Now, this is above the current price of $103.19, but it's also still above the target price of $87.84, which is based on a 20% margin of safety. But still, $109.80 is a lot better than the DCF model. Now, if we look at the price to earnings multiples model with the same peers, we see that we get a fair value price per share of $78.94. And in this case, Texas Roadhouse's PE is above the median. So, of course, it brings that fair value price down. 
And now if we look at them all together, we see that the analyst mean price is $111.96, which is quite a bit above the DCF model and the PE multiples valuation, but it's pretty darn close to the multiples valuation for price to free cash flow. Okay, so if we take a quick look at historical price to cash flow and price to earnings multiples, Texas Roadhouse is currently trading at a price to cash flow of under 14 and a price to earnings of under 24. Now, if we look back at the last 10 years, and this chart is kind of hard to see just because they had that big spike in 2021, which really throws off the graph, but we'll kind of work through it. But if we look at the past 10 years, Texas Roadhouse is trading at levels that are probably close to fair value, if not a little bit overvalued. Because if you look at March 2020, right in the heat of the pandemic dip, it was under seven price to cash flow and under 15 price to earnings. Now, those would be like the absolute extreme level measures. But I would say that something closer to price to cash flow of 10 and price to earnings of 20, like it was about a month ago, would probably be a more attractive range. Still, I would consider Texas Roadhouse to be relatively fair valued, where the prices from about a month ago would be a little bit undervalued and be a more attractive value range. Okay, so let's rate Texas Roadhouse on the three criteria that I use to evaluate stocks, business, operational performance, and valuation. In terms of business, Texas Roadhouse has revenue growth that's greater than 10%, and they've been extremely consistent over the past 10 years. They have cost increases, which could potentially impact their value proposition and are in a narrow mode industry. So from a business perspective, I would rate them as okay. In terms of operational performance, their free cash flow has funded their expansion, buybacks, and dividends, with dividend growth that's greater than 15%. Plus, they basically have no debt with only capital leases on the books. So from an operational performance perspective, I would rate them as good. From a valuation perspective, their DCF model is about 64% of the current price, and their price to earnings and price to cash flow look close to fair value, but not quite as attractive as they were about a month ago. From a valuation perspective, I would rate them as okay. So would I rate Texas Roadhouse as a buy? So for me personally, Texas Roadhouse would not be a buy, even though they're doing a lot of things as a company that I really like. But I have some concerns with their overall outlook, and let me explain what I mean. Here's the things that I like about their business. Texas Roadhouse has shown very good revenue growth for a decade. They have strong comparable sales numbers, even in 2023, which show that they still have traffic and have pricing power, at least so far. They have basically no debt, and they've been funding expansion, buybacks, and dividends with their cash flow. They've had excellent dividend growth at greater than 15%. And in general, I like Texas Roadhouse's core strategy of value plus experience. And I mean, that's a really strong list of things that I like. But even though I rated their business as okay as opposed to good, it was really close. But the reason for that is because of the things that I don't like. And first off is rising commodity costs, beef especially, which is going to hit them harder than some of their peers, along with rising wage and labor costs, and in general, slim overall margins. And all three of those directly impact their core value proposition, especially if we get into a situation where people are spending less. And then lastly, new store execution risk. Their overall growth plan for the next 10 years is heavily dependent on opening new stores, which comes with its own execution and input cost risks that they seem to already be starting to experience in 2023. Texas Roadhouse is a quality company, and as a customer, I love going there. But as an investor, I already have lower-priced food-related stocks like McDonald's and even Starbucks in my portfolio. Now, obviously, they're not direct competitors to Texas Roadhouse, but if we get into a situation where consumers have to trade down, I think names like McDonald's and Starbucks are more likely to be okay as affordable luxuries than Texas Roadhouse will. 
and both of those are higher margin businesses with wider moats, at least in my opinion. But they're also much larger companies in terms of market cap, so overall upside may not be there compared to a mid-cap growth stock like Texas Roadhouse. Plus, McDonald's and Starbucks carry a lot of debt, which will be impacted in a higher for longer rate environment, while Texas Roadhouse doesn't really have any. So again, it's about trade-offs and aligning with your own personal investment strategy. Because my concerns about the economy and Texas Roadhouse's value proposition are just my own personal projection of what I think might happen. Because if you look at the numbers right now, it's not actually playing out. Their comp sales growth has continued in 2023. And for full transparency, I evaluated Texas Roadhouse about three weeks ago for my stock analysis library back when it was in the 90s. And I'd come to the same conclusions then. And since that time, it's up 10% since after they announced good sales growth and Q3 earnings. So my theory about the economy's impact on Texas Roadhouse and the value proposition may play out over time and maybe not, but it hasn't yet. I may have been early, but I'm not wrong. It's the same thing. It's the same thing, Mike. So Texas Roadhouse isn't a buy for me, but as always, evaluate it with your own perspective and your own investing goals in mind. And that's just my take on it. What do you guys think about Texas Roadhouse? Let me know down in the comments below. Hope you guys have a great day out there. Financial independence is true freedom. So keep building and stacking wins. And I'll see you guys in the next one. Peace. Peace.